This is Ask OT Kimberly, a listener-supported podcast at Anchor FM. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about Ask OT Kimberly, your go-to for learning and development. Thank you for your support. It is the new year, and many of us began the year with fast of food, fast of social media, fast retail therapy, whatever it is that God has placed upon your heart or whatever it is that you're doing within your faith community. Many years ago, Miss Angie, who was my teaching leader within Bible Study Fellowship in the Minneapolis Golden Valley community, she would share this phrase, obedience is better than sacrifice. Many of us are really good about sacrificing when it comes to the beginning of the year. We're great about our Daniel fast. We're great about giving our sowing seeds. We're great about giving up our retail therapy or whatever it is that we feel is great adoration to the Lord. However, one of the things that Miss Angie would share with us is that God is asking us to obey what he has already established, which is the word of God. In one of our studies, in the study of the Acts and Apostles letters, it studied in 1 Corinthians 5 through 7, countercultural relationships. In lesson 22 notes, one of the things that it talked about was How do we deal with our own sin and the sin of others? And you know that we know that God says love covers a multitude of sins. We know that God's grace is sufficient. So how do we deal with this? Does God's grace and the love cover every single thing that we do? Does that give us freedom to no longer obey what God has actually given us in his instruction book? One of the stories that I'm going to read to you may be a little bit triggering because this is a reality in some communities. However, if you switch out some of the language, it would apply in other circles. So in this section, lesson 22, it states that a church member was in sexual relationship with his stepmother, his father's wife. The church felt pride for their tolerance towards incest. They might have pointed out these were two consenting adults. They wanted the public to applaud their judge not position. But God calls us to mourn wherever sin is found. Scripture forbids. Paul did not cite scripture because even unbelievers' consciences confirmed that immorality was off-limits for everyone. Naming a sin in agreement with God's word is wise, never wrong. It is right to judge with discernment. Yet by God's grace, even those without God's word still know by their consciences 
Some things are wrong. Believers who accept or affirm sin reveal a confusing low view of God and of the cost of salvation. Their approval of evil as freedom harm the individuals involved. The son, the stepmother, the church body, and the city. End quote. So how do we deal with these tough situations? Maybe in your church community, the issue is not incest. Maybe it's dealing with fornication. Maybe it's dealing with adultery. These are very real things that impact the church. It impacts the world. And for us to remember that within the body of Christ, they're all different levels. How do we deal with this? We know that God's grace covers. We know that, or, you know, love covers and God's grace is sufficient. Do we just affirm and allow these two consenting adults to continue their lives? Perhaps. But as the word of God suggests, our call, especially in leadership, is to point others to the word of God and to listen to what the Holy Spirit is telling you on the inside, your conscience, of what is the right way. How do we refine ourselves, transform our minds? How do we become a new creation? How do old things pass away? How do we destroy those old patterns? and become a new creature in Christ. One of the things that we learned in the study of Acts and Apostles' letters in Lesson 22 is there's a three-point direction that we can give both ourselves and others when dealing with tough situations like this. One, problem. What is the problem? Have we identified what that is? And this problem, we have identified something that scripture forbids, a son sleeping with his mother or stepmother. In BSF, it states, quote, they have forgotten the wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God, end quote. The text goes on to say, the wicked routinely do wrong without guilt. They deny sin is sin, so they are unrepentant. They insist their way is the right way for them. Second point, correction. Quote, do not be deceived. Paul warns against mistaking freedom in Christ as power to continue sinful patterns. Who are you? Paul lists that commonly identified people in the Corinthian citizens. This is in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. I encourage you to check it out for yourself. End quote. Quote. Directions in righteousness. Remember your salvation. The spirit through Paul's message of God, of Christ, 
save them from the way of death into life, into new life. Christians are identified as new creations with spirit, the Holy Spirit's presence and power to live righteously. Freedom in Christ is freedom not to sin. Habitual sinners who claim Christ should examine whether their true identity is with Christ or remains with sin. End quote. The text goes on to talk specifically about sexuality and how it is more of an act against ourselves than a gift or something that we're doing for others. The text goes on to say, quote, God created humans with individual dignity. He created sex as an exclusive part of human relationship within his covenant of marriage. Sexual sins produce particular bondage to serving and satisfying self that harms others. Paul addresses the Corinthians, Christians' pride about their wisdom in these matters. Paul says freedom in Christ makes everything permissible, but Christ makes it clear not everything is good. Christians are freed from sin's bondage. What tragedy to proclaim Christ yet delight in sin that Christ died for and defeated for us. Some have equated sexuality or sexual desire with the bodily needs to be met as a hunger. In Corinthians, even married people could satisfy sexual desires with whomever Paul, whoever they felt. Paul says God created sex with boundaries and spiritual dimensions that set sexual desire apart from all others of bodily function. End quote. Quote, remember your identity and destiny. God's righteousness has no shadow of error. His judgment of what is best is never wrong. Their confusion was mostly rooted in their trying to mix obedience to God with remaining interest in sin. Paul cautioned them to make some judgments by looking at themselves from God's point of view. End quote. Quote. Directions in Righteousness Paul already taught everything we do in our bodies matters for eternity. God promises physical resurrection for judgment of condemnation and reward. Paul uses questions to affirm their identity. Part of Christ's body united to God's spirit and living as his temple through Christ's purchase price for redemption. End quote. In this Acts and Apostles letters, the Apostle Paul is challenging the Corinthian church 
as many of you challenge your own churches, your own house churches, your large congregations, your small congregations, your missions around the world, to look in the mirror and to remember that our bodies are temples of God. Something that Miss Angie made us think about that I had never thought about before is that when you are in the act of sexuality or sin that is outside the confines of what God has prescribed for us, it is not a sin against anyone else except for yourself. You sin against your own self. You actually are harming your own self. You create a bondage. And in some segments of the Christian faith, we call it soul ties, where you create an attachment to other individuals that's very, very hard to break. It is an attachment, not just of just the physical body, but a soul. And as we learned in our lesson today, sexuality is a soul, spiritual act. It's not just a physical act. And so when you're engaged in sexuality with whoever, whatever, you're actually tying your soul, you're knitting your soul to another individual. You're creating a soul tie or a marriage, if you will, with this other individual. And it's very hard to break. As we opened up with this lesson in this Acts and Apostles Lesson 22, it was challenging us to not condone something that God has actually clearly said is wrong. And when we take the position of, well, you know, they're two consenting adults, we're not actually helping to point individuals to what the word of God actually says. And each of us, we will give an account to God for not correcting for not pointing individuals to what the word of God actually says. It is our responsibility to point individuals to the word of God. It is great to sacrifice your food, to sacrifice your retail therapy, to sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. But as Miss Angie said, and as the word of God says, obedience is better than sacrifice. God is asking us, to transform our minds, to renew our minds, to become a new creation, and to listen to the Holy Spirit that is within us, that he has given us, that is telling us we need to make some changes in our actions. And it is our responsibility as the body of Christ, because we are all connected together, to encourage one another in correction and direction towards righteousness according to the word of God. This will help free us, free our minds, allow us to receive the rest, the clarity to think, to feel, and to hear the word of God. The longer that we dishonor God and ignore what he has actually given us clearly, the more we cut out his voice. We want to continually hear the voice of God. We do not want to harden our hearts toward what God has said. And by continually ignoring what it is that God has told us to do, 
by continually ignoring the Holy Spirit and what God is speaking to us, we are hardening our hearts. And we are in that place of being at risk of developing a reprobate mind where these patterns are very hard to change, our mind is not renewed, and we can't receive anything from the Lord. And we can't hear from the Lord. My ask of you is to pray with me. Holy Spirit, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for coming to earth when Jesus arose and ascended into heaven. We ask that you continue to speak to our hearts. Help us to hear you and help us to obey you when you speak to us. Lord, we ask that you open up our eyes so that we take time to read your word and what it is calling for us to do, what refinements you're asking us to do so that we can become new creations, so that we can have that clarity of mind, so that we don't have these attachments to various things, people, etc., that distract us from what it is that you have for us. Help us as a body of Christ to be able to, with love, speak correction and direction in righteousness. Help us not to tolerate things just because. Help us to correct in love. For those of you who are parents or those of us who were children once, we respect and honor our parents for correcting us when we were off the, you know, off the path. They gently directed us towards the correct pathway so that we may have a life that was filled with blessings. Lord, we thank you for that model of our parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles or church communities who were able to show us the path. We ask that you help us to be able to do that also for others. In your name, Lord. We pray, Jesus. Christ of Nazareth. Amen.